Dad's computer. And we'll just talk about the big things that are going on. <laughs> People are dying to hear about them big things. Big things. <laughs> Wrestle down. Wrestle down. Big, big things, things edition. <laughs> Oh, next week gonna be oops, all women. Uh, <laughs> Captain Crunch, get out of here. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I am uh, currently located in my uh, Framingham basement studio, where I'll be for the next seven months. Oh, seven. Uh, why seven? Um. In honor of Dustin Reynolds. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, um, yeah, because wrestling, wrestling rules everything else in my life. Why not my living situation? Certainly, yeah. Uh, I'm living in Alston. I'm wearing a robe. It's not a Ric Flair robe, but it's L-robe. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it is with a Ric Flair shirt. Um, yeah, it's, it's Ric Flair, and it's Macho Man, and I got Macho here. Woo! Yeah. Um, hell yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a hell of a week. I moved, and I am exhausted. Had a hell of a work day. Um, and now we can just relax and know that not only is my move over, but so is the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. I didn't know what I was more nervous about, your move going well or the G1 going well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it went well? Well, yeah, Kota Ibushi. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's all. I mean, that makes sense. That's all you want. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's a good. It's a good result. <laughs> Wait, I was just gonna say that doesn't even mean it was a result or anything. People just tuning into the episode could be like, "Oh, spoiling thing." Hey, is that a name? You guys, you guys took the meaning of yourselves. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. You don't know what happened, and neither do I. Uh, <laughs> I have forgotten. What I just watched seconds ago. Oh, great. I'm a goldfish. <laughs> the official only hybrid podcast, Goldfish and Human, talking about wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, we, the finals happened uh, over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, Jam-packed with action. Uh, I watched, I somehow caught up with it after all this moving that I had to do. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was... I, I'm I'm happy. I didn't expect uh, Kota Ibushi to win two years in a row. I had pretty much written him off halfway through. I felt very very similarly. I thought that it was a red herring when he started the tournament beating Okada. Mm -hmm. And I I had also written off Sonata, which of the B block, everyone else had a very impressive start, and it felt like he was just going to be having to watch Evil have his coming out party. Yeah. But holy crap, what a rebound. Yeah, I thought he was going to just like... You know, <clears throat> maybe play spoiler for evil. I didn't think he'd make it to the finals. Uh, though, in my picks, uh, I had him, Naito, and uh, evil all at 12 points. I got that like 100% right. That does um, make sense. Yeah. Um, a lot of things went right with my picks. A lot of things went wrong. I thought Kento was going to get 14 points. Uh, he... Wow! <laughs> I thought... I was you like, went big! <laughs> I thought he would go big, but turns Ooh. out he's small. Like the small little man, Keaton, who's <laughs> sitting 
um, in my chair where I was watching the G1, and now that he's not able to watch it, he's just watching me talk about it. Oh, man. Well, cup of coffee in the big time, Keaton. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like coffee. He's a cat. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, true to your picks for each of the LIJ guys, former LIJ and Evil's case, getting 12, <laughs> LIJ's drama needed to run the tournament, and it did. Yep. Um, and because those three were in the B block, it made Shingo's arc even, for me, even better, because I just am waiting for Shingo to have more breakout performances, and eventually, if LIJ powers down, he'll be fine. Yeah, I think he's just trapped in never title or land, which is scary, because sometimes you don't get out of there. Um, <laughs> Goto, former uh, runner-up uh, the G1, has been there the entire time I've been watching New Japan. It's yeah. made him boring. But I think I think Shingo will get out. He's got cool hair. Um, he he clotheslines real good, and he's shorter than Goto, which seems to give people extra credit in New Japan. That's true. Uh, yeah, out of I got uh, what thirty two out of forty five for the A block in my picks, and twenty eight nice. out of forty five. That's fucking Kenta's fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. Kenta, who had a shot at the U.S. title before the tournament, it was his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I. I thought that he would show big so that he would be like, you know, yeah, he would be like, oh, look at this guy. He's cool. He's going to beat up uh, John Moxley, get the U.S. title. That's how that's going to work. And then uh, some of that happened, but not the first part. Not the part about him being cool. It's like I'm sitting in the room with Kevin Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's how <laughs> I know the history. <laughs> I just I badly want him for anybody. It's like Yoda Suji is just like, yeah, he used to be the cool ninja <laughs> lion in the dojo, and then some things happened. What do you think, Chris Chowton? <laughs> well, hey, I the dip at the... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that Chris Chowton's still learning to speak. <laughs> I know numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, overall, good tournament. Uh, what 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 are the highlights for you? Um, Taichi continues to bust out of the mold of being just. It feels like an also ran junior in Suzuki Goon to being yeah. a gatekeeper for the heavyweights. Yeah, he should be like. You would think that he would be a jobber, but he's really having like a second life in his like. It's like what thirty eight or something like that. It's it's a yeah. late career resurgence. Uh, same with Yoshihashi. Well, he's not really resurging. It's just like. He's, people are happy to see him now. He's, he's, he's like Squirtle. He's bubbling, and everyone <laughs> is just very proud of him. Always a Squirtle, never a war turtle. <laughs> he evolves because he can't remember how. Or he doesn't evolve. Like, again, it, I hearken this back to two episodes ago where Rocky Romero was like, yeah, I've seen him bring his stick to the, the ring for ten years. This is the first time I'm seeing him use it. Yeah. He's the headhunter, and he never used his weapon. No, he never did, and now he did. Now that he has, he can put it away for another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed watching his like great matches that he had uh, throughout the tournament, even though he only won four times, and one was against Yano. Yep, or two times, four points. Mm. And Wait, no, did he only have two? Points? <clears throat> no, he, had... he won twice. He won the yeah. last night. Um, who did he win against? I've been having this trouble trying to remember it just in my own downtime. Oh, for he beat every... Sonata, right. Yeah. 
There we go. Um, which was one of those losses that made you think, all right, Sonata's not going to go anywhere because he lost to Yoshihashi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved, I loved Yoshi. I loved um, Yano when he was winning. And then Yano, he's this great wrestler all the time. And I get very excited and baited into thinking he's going to go deeper than he will every year. And that's a testament to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, Master, I, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Master Wado is back. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, Yano is a guy. I, I thought he was going to get eight points, which is yep. not a fucking lot. <laughs> and he started out with six, and then he never got another one. Nope. It's too bad. Um, but he he also had a. Of course, he always had a standout. He, it's hard not to when you're the best wrestler in the company. Yep. Uh, by far. Uh, but yeah, the young line, some young lions came back. Master Watson or former young lions. Uh, speaking of, I did enjoy all of the young lion matches uh, that they had uh, before the actual block matches. Like mm. I couldn't tell most of them apart very well, but I think it really helped like their experience. And they like really once they have characters, they're gonna be yep. fucking amazing. Each and every uh, Suji, Yuamura, and uh, Gabriel Kid are all gonna be amazing. Okay, okay. And you were saying you couldn't really tell the matches apart. I was going to yeah. say, I'm going to go ahead and give Jer the yeah, Triple H trophy for racial blindness for not <laughs> being able to tell Gabriel Kidd apart from Uemura <laughs> or Suji. See the big one? <laughs> the one with the hair or without the hair? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, the 30-minute draw was probably the most memorable, and that was Suji and Uemura, correct? Yes, yeah. A yeah. uh, 15-minute draw, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, that was, uh, that was, yeah, that that had me. That was the most emotionally invested I was that entire night, that entire show. Yep. Um, maybe for the two shows after too. And honestly, the emotional investment I think was the biggest story of the G one this year because I I think the pandemic has changed so much about just day to day life anyway, but specific to New Japan. The crowd is very different. There mm. are no multi-man matches between matches, which we both love because it's more killer, less filler. Yeah. But it also meant that matches had to be memorable. They had to be like emotionally grounded or else they just kind of sat there. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have a <clears throat> problem where people were getting tired at the last half hour of a show because they yep. sat through an eight-man tag and like three tag team matches from the – or no – like five black matches featuring the other block, then five block matches that are roughly half an hour long each. And every match is able to breathe and, you know, be like, uh, fit in nicely within a, you know, two and a half hour runtime or less. Yep. I like this G1 a lot from that perspective. From like logistic perspective, I like it a lot. I thought the um, match quality was about where it usually is. Not, you know, not, I can't think of any matches that really like, actually, no. That's not true. Several matches did blow me away, but didn't feel like it was like every night was going to kick my ass. Yeah. And <clears throat> part of that, in fairness to New Japan, is that they decided to go with some wrestlers who, like Yoshihashi missed the G1 last year, mm -hmm. and Yujiro hasn't been in it for a long time. So, like you said, logistically, they face some things, and I agree with you in terms of like the match booking. I liked what they did, but... They didn't have access to every piece of talent. Like, I don't know if they would have gotten, been able to get John Moxley again, but if they had right. gotten somebody in the heavyweight division of AEW who just isn't doing anything specifically right now, like hypothetically Darby Allen shows up. Right. 
and like messes with the juniors during the tournament or like enters the G1 himself. Like they didn't really have, they had Jeff Cobb and I love Jeff Cobb, but he's, he's okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought <laughs> I liked Jeff Cobb this, this tournament though. I think he did a great job. Yep. Um, definitely an improvement over last year. Uh, just in terms of general experience, I think like yep. it wasn't anything different. Uh, just more confident. Um, yeah. Who do you think had the best G1? I, I mean, it feels rote to say the person who won it, but Kota Ibushi yeah. always needs something, yep. and he doesn't have Co- he doesn't have Kenny Omega. Um, in the shadow of the double title chase, he got completely lost, and he was the fourth most important person in the double main event. Yeah. So we're at a point in time where Naito and him have like print money matches before it even starts. They're going to try to kill each other, yeah. and I think that they're going to they're going to do it for the world heavyweight title on um, the second night, and Naito will have fought Sonata for the intercontinental title on night one. Yeah. So, um, wait, who did you say was going to fight Naito on night one? Sonata. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, that's probably likely. If Evil's got power struggle, I think Sonata versus Naito on night one is fair, unless yeah. something else comes up. Which, actually, now that we're saying that, oh my goodness, I don't know if they would go this far as to make Naito have four matches um, over two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Probably not. No, but maybe yeah. three. Because um, I forgot, in beating Naito during the tournament, Sonata can challenge for the World Heavyweight title. I, I, hadn't, yeah. really, I hadn't considered that beforehand. I think they're not gonna. They wouldn't have him at the uh, world title, like, just because he lost the the G one. Yeah. So it's like his his shine is a little bit less bright than it would be. But like, I think an IC title match down the line or at Wrestle Kingdom for night one seems fair. You know. Yeah. And I'm I'm here for him having a mid card title run because he's never touched any of the singles titles in New Japan, as far as I know, just the tag titles. Nope. Yep. Yeah. He's not done anything singles wise. He's just been a guy that Okada encourages. <laughs> Which, man, Okada, in terms of another person just having a very un- like unusual and important tournament, because Okada spawned the idea of the King of Pro Wrestling trophy, loses. Yeah. Still doesn't have a direction. He mm-hmm. sees his best friend, Will Ospreay, come back. <laughs> his best friend, who isn't Rocky Romero. Yeah, of course. And... The two of them face off in what seems like a matchup of goodwill and exhibition, even though it's a tournament, and they're fighting to beat each other, and then the great motherfucking Ocon shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Young Lions are... Once Watson came back, it was, it was inevitable that, you know, uh, Ocon was going to come back eventually. Mm. Um, yeah. What a turn. Um, he's a better heel than a face. I'll put it... Th- I'll say that. I'm fucking furious that now I have to see B. Priestley in two... Uh, context. Yep. Uh, that and Jamie Hader and none. Uh, terrible. But, Criminal. But I think that it's better than him being the the, the flippy earnest guy. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for his faction. Yeah, taking out a lot of uncomfortable thoughts and feelings I have about Osprey outside the ring. His character could use a different element to it now, and to put him with like a heavy. And BP B Priestley, who's also playing heel. Hmm. I don't think the Os- I don't think Osprey as a character has been a bad guy in earnest ever. So no. at least in the New Japan context, this should make him a little different, split him off from chaos. There's a rumor that he's going to start his own faction, which I don't want to see. I, I, I think that's what him. he's doing, though. I mean, he's got 
at least one person yeah. with him. He's not going to be in chaos. Uh, I think that boat has sailed uh, just a little bit. The wind got kind of strong, and the sail was up. Um, Bye, show. <laughs> Bye, Yoshihashi. <laughs> Yoshihashi is holding a stick next to the boat. Everyone's like, "Get, pull it in with the stick. He's like, I used it once. It's all right. I got to wait 10 years. Takes uh, <laughs> it up in one hand, it slides out the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think the turn's good for him. Uh, and, you know, I get a kick out of every time someone has like a big dramatic heel turn. And like they have to say something, and it's the most generic bullshit. Like you, you held me back, and then I credit to the announce team during the finals, like being like that. That's not true. What are you <laughs> talking about? Yep. <laughs> Which honestly, like, it's an opportunity for Osprey to try to justify very like typical material, like you're saying, and hopefully to define why his character as a heel is different from every other heel character, instead of just. I'm jealous of Okada, but I'm going to project that on Okada. Like, what yeah. What about Will Ospreay, the assassin? What the fuck does the assassin mean? Not that you just elbow people in the back of the head. What does it mean? Yeah. I don't think it's going to mean anything different. They're, the characters aren't, like, the most complex uh, in New Japan. Right. Um, it's too, it, I, I hope it differentiates from evil beyond uh, B. Priestley is not Dick Togo. But otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, but they look so similar. <laughs> I know. I know. I got. I get confused all the time. But one uh, carries a rope and, and tries to strangle you, uh, and the other has hair that could be used for the same thing. I suppose. I mean, it, it's it's COVID times. It's the end of the world. Could yeah. you imagine if fucking Dick Togo walked down the ramp at Stardom and just tried to act like everything was normal? <laughs> I would love it. That's <laughs> one viewer previously mentioned. <laughs> he wrestles for fine. I'm I'm there for that. Yeah, do it. Oh. <laughs> I actually think Evil had one of the best uh, tournaments. Yeah, it was like before. I don't know. We didn't get that much of a taste of heel evil, but now I think he's like figured out the halfway point between being a good wrestler and waiting for the interference, the, the onslaught of interference that happens at the end of all of his matches. Yep, I. I think that I had this discussion with uh, our buddy Patrick a year and a half ago, and we had both agreed based on looking on name that it was going to be Sonata if anybody was going to break out of LIJ that wasn't Naito. Yeah. And I tried to fight for evil. Like, I agreed with Patrick, but I was just like, there's something to him that they're not tapping into. And I, I didn't see this. I didn't see yeah. him basically becoming, like, heir apparent to the throne of Bullet Club by way of, like, chicanery and fuckery. Yeah. But... It's amazing how much more important he seems just with like straightened long hair and better gear, better gear, more straightforward offense. Like he has a very good sharpshooter and he doesn't beat anybody with it, but it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, it's one of the better submission uh, moves in New Japan. It's not even his finisher. I think he's beaten a couple people with it, but you're right. It's not often. Yeah. Definitely beat Yoshihashi with it. Well, <laughs> Yoshihashi lost to the ring once. I mean, that's part of why he's at where he's at. It wasn't a real match. It was a run-in. And he ran in to the ring. Yeah. And the ring won. Yeah. Sometimes you hit a bullseye. Sometimes you go a little bit off the board. It's fine. A little bit off. 
All right. Yeah. All right. Sometimes you sometimes you get right in the middle there, and sometimes you hit another patron at the bar. <laughs> the dark. <laughs> when you what? You're ordering a beer. <laughs> I don't know. It's the like bar solver putting the bar next to the dartboard. That's Yoshi, though. Like, he would order, I don't know, like a Shirley Temple and then pick it up and he would elbow somebody in the eyeball and he would get killed. And that would be the story of Yoshihashi. <laughs> It'd be a good Mountain Goat song. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and honestly, I'm going to walk back the Coda answer from earlier just because I feel like somebody who finally grew into, like, his villain uh, trappings and played everything as well as he could have, and I honestly thought had a good chance to win the A block, and it was Jay White. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job. I'm liking the idea of him and uh, Evil having a Bullet Club Civil War. That right now is heel versus heel, and it's weird. Yep. But they're like implying that Evil's probably going to turn on Jay White eventually, or Gato's going to turn on Jay White eventually. That's what Gato knows. Yep. Uh, or or Chihuahua turns on all of them uh, just out of, you know, uh, self-preservation. What if Giotto turns on all of them and we get treated to these? <laughs> Here he comes. Got out Jado with his really flexible back. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom's two days and one of them is just him walking. <laughs> through the ring. Fans would still clap politely. God bless yeah. the Japanese fans. Of course, <laughs> it's it's COVID. You can't you can't help it. He's doing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. J1. I. He's the first New Japan wrestler since um, Ibushi last year in Madison Square Garden that I bought gear for. So I got. Oh wow. Um. There's a Black Lives Matters uh, Bullet Club shirt that I got, yep. and all the proceeds go to Black Lives Matter. And the other one is a custom V-neck, super soft, Jay White, King Switch shirt. I'm going nice. to be very excited for that. Yeah, I I looked at Yoshihashi shirts. Uh, <laughs> but I also, like, in the move, realized that, like, I had <laughs> so many fucking shirts. I, I, I threw away, I'm, I'm not going to throw away, I'm going to donate Goodwill, whatever them. Um, so I was like, I can't buy a Yoshihashi shirt. But man, do I want to. <laughs> I want a Yoshihashi shirt and a Taichi shirt. <laughs> if that doesn't summarize Yoshihashi's entire career, that his <laughs> fans want to buy his merchandise, but they will find eight out of ten reasons not to. And not even add it to a wish list. <laughs> Just like, uh, if I remember. Yeah, eventually, I will. I will. Uh, it's just that I gotta figure out my living situation better. We're gonna get a couch in a week. Then I'll know what fits in this apartment and what doesn't. I hope you look in the cushions and it's Yoshiashi. <laughs> Not the shirt, just Yoshi. It would be a treat. He <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't know what was happening. That's fine. Well, I'd be like, I don't know what's happening either, but you know, we're gonna figure this out together. Uh, <laughs> His stick is with him somehow. Let's probably hold it up the couch. <laughs> Yoshi, fuck yeah! I w I'd be down for Yoshihashi moving my furniture around. Why not? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, I think Ibushi, I he wouldn't be my choice for the best G one, but it might be just because he's like always excellent. Yeah. But he did have. I think his match with the uh, Suki was probably my favorite of the tournament. Suki Suzuki Suzuki. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The the audio cut cut out oh, yeah. there, and I was like. Did they have a crossover with Stardom I'm not thinking of? But yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I... Minoru Suzuki makes me mad at how good he is at very specific things. Yeah. Because he'll have, like, the same match with... As much as you can have the same match with somebody like Jeff Cobb or Juice Robinson... He's very much the type of wrestler who's in, who's old enough and good enough to know when he wants to apply himself and make his old man strong style really kind of pop out. Yep. You need somebody like Abushi to hit him really hard to get him there. But with everybody else, it's just like, all right, here's, here's the sleeper hold. Here's the pile driver. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm a mean old man and I'm stomping off. Abushi had to knock him stiff before <laughs> he was done. Yeah. Yeah. They they had a real knockdown drag out fight. That was my favorite match of the tournament. I don't think Suzuki did had a bad tournament either. I thought his match with Osprey was kind of interesting, just because it was mostly like he had an answer for everything until like the one move where he didn't. Yep, that was the that was the story of that one. And obviously he has great um, chemistry with Sh- uh, Shingo. Yep, who you know eventually, God willing, will probably become Minoru Suzuki as he gets older when he's like the same age. Yep. Like 10 years. The same, yeah, but just with like a few inches less height and just still the same barrel chest. Yeah. Um, I still continue to love the character dynamic between Minoru Suzuki and anybody who even used to be a young boy. So whenever oh, yeah. him and him and Jay White stand across from each other, there's just what feels like decades of history that you can just feel rather than have to be told about. Yeah, once I found out they were in the same block, I was looking forward to that one and it did not disappoint. That was, uh, yeah, the main event of that night was... Cobb and Nabushi, or no, uh, sorry, Okada and uh, who was it? Ishii. There we go. Mm. I'm getting a lot of vowels mixed up in my head right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I like Jay White and uh, Suzuki a lot as well. And in just bringing up Ishii and Okada, um, I think you said Ishii. If not, I heard Ishii I from. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, playing ultimate spoiler. I I don't remember previous G1s, because I've only seen a handful, where it ended by way of someone else winning on behalf of somebody else, basically. Yeah. And I I had to watch the finish again, because I was like, is that really the end of the A block? Did they... Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how uh, Bushi gets through, because Jay White can't beat Ishii in this one context. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a good match. I gotta rewatch that one, because I was eating breakfast during part of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 um, the perils of a 12 hour you know time zone difference yep i also just love how like we're very straightforward with the mundane reasons we don't remember things like you it's breakfast me i usually fall asleep like i fall asleep to new japan yeah and it's because like whenever even if it's english commentary i don't know why just the way that it's shot and the way that it's paced and everything it puts me right to sleep i think it's i mean a lot of the matches especially the g1 where yep. they're generally getting to like the 20 25 minute mark like there is a slow build, and then it's just like eventually, like that last like five minutes is, you know, it's paying off all these things that set up twenty minutes ago. But it is like a slow, uh, you know, slow build up until you get to the really like the fireworks. Yeah, the I mean the matches I didn't seek out spoilers for unless it was a handful of nights, mm-hmm. and like one of them was the. Ibushi versus Yujiro match, and apparently that went like almost 10 minutes, and I was like, I appreciate what Ibushi's doing, but I don't want to watch Tokyo Pimp for 10 minutes unless he's yeah. doing the character work he did with Jay White. Like, that, that for me, was the peak of the J1, of the J1, I'm gonna say it, <laughs> the J1, um, <laughs> for Yujiro, is that, yeah. like, everyone knew he was there to take the pin for pretty much everyone else, 
except Jay White. And like that's the type of thing that I'm I'm showing up for. Like scrappy matches between Jeff Cobb and Yoshihashi, or not Yoshihashi because they're in different blocks, but like him and Ishii, cool, but they're not gonna win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Yuchiro is he is what everyone thinks Yoshihashi is. Like you expect kind of, you know, an okay match and then he loses. Uh, and that's exactly what we got 90% of the time. After it was like a quick, like 10 minute match, but you're right. I don't want to see him wrestle for 10 minutes no. unless it's him and Jay White arguing about who's going to take the pin. Like who had an agreement with who beforehand. And that's what the sneaky heel factions should be doing is like this. It makes me think back to when the new age outlaws would be in multi-man tag matches where they, people would tag them both in and then one would take the pin. You should do that. If the rules yeah. say you can do that, you should do that if you're a bad guy because it is a shortcut. So yeah. when you see heels thinking through things, and like you said, New Japan isn't super character-driven in terms of like promos and video packages, even though their video packages are excellent. Yeah. So the character stuff has to be done in the ring, and when they do it well, it's, it's really memorable. Definitely. <clears throat> um, what do you think of the match between Sonata and Ibushi? Oh my god. The, like these are the matches where I love Abushi so much because like you said he does everything expertly, excellently, perfectly. And Sonata is just constantly on the cusp of getting everything right. Yeah. But there's like moonsaults where he'll land sideways or really bad looking skull ends where you're just like this wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah, the skull end is it's so bad. His moonsaults are great. Yeah. I mean, as great as a moonsault can look in 2020 when there's so many different aerial finishing moves, but the way that his knees and feet hit the mat, it's like Keiji Muto doing it, and that's yeah. the point. Yeah. But Sonata, he just... I liked the match. I have loved his finish over Evil to get to the finals. I think mm. that more faces especially should have found creative ways to win than just relying on their finishes. And he tried it against Ibushi and it was a good callback to how he got to the finals, but he, he was very good. He didn't deserve to win. He didn't win. And I'm still waiting for him to put it all together. Yeah. I, it was some of the, some stuff that I liked a lot about him, but it's kind of like he was in the hunt the whole time. And you barely noticed it. Um, he even had Jay White's, uh, storyline for the last G one, basically like yep. losing the first few and then, you know, clawing his way into the finals. By like sheer like some luck, some scrappiness, and one of those wins was over Naito. So to me, my thought would would have been the same as if Kenta had beat him at that point in the fi- in the tournament, which Kenta beat Naito on the last night. Which would have been he beat the world champ. He now has a world champ opportunity. His the rest of his title can the tournament can wash out. Right. Um. But yeah, he had it. He had a compelling p- story on paper, but this is where my feelings on Sonata are the same and they've been the same for three years. He doesn't appeal to the crowd enough. Yeah. He, he's very expressionless and he's so good at the fundamentals and he has such an, an, an excellent unique look in athleticism, but you never know what he feels. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little, little thing that's missing for him. Just yeah. too bad, but it's, it, I definitely see why he didn't win. Yeah. But I could definitely see why he would be in the, I don't know, sub-main event of the first night of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and I think that's what the fans are here for. I mean, as muffled as New Japan fans had to be, because they could only clap instead of roar their approval, 
I don't think they want to see Sonata as world champion in the same way that I don't think they were ready for Evil to be. But Evil, it was insulting that he won. Yeah. Sonata, they want to be excited. And they're just not there yet. Yeah, I think Evil, it's like, it makes sense for him to turn and be a heel because he already was like, he was already a guy who used weapons outside and like be hit you with a chair like a baseball bat. Yep. Um, Sonata's a, a good boy. He's Okada's, he, he's the guy Okada encourages to be better. And, and fight fairly and win with his dog shit finisher. Um, I'll I'll give him this for everything is evil. It, it's a transitional move for a lot of wrestlers around the world. He puts everything he has into it, and when people like Naito sell it, it looks like death. Yeah, absolutely. He, he does a very good job with it. Um, Sonata needs something like that. I, the, he just needs the TKO. I don't know. Yeah, um, his cutter's good. Yeah, there's a point. <laughs> Every match where I'm just like, dude, you, if you had a better setup move, you wouldn't need two moonsaults to yep. do it. If you put your arm around their neck, <laughs> you wouldn't need anything. No, it would you, see, you see, the forehead's where the brain is, so he's squeezing the brain until eventually it's going to come out of someone's mouth. And then we're going to be like, wow, why did we diss this finisher for five, ten years? Like, this is why Sonata is the, like, middle to, like, entry-level job at every company. Because he's never willing to listen to coaching or change his methods or, like, learn from the people who came before him. Tatsumi Fumijinami showed you how to strangle somebody. And you're just like, nope, brains. Gotta work, <laughs> gotta work harder, not smarter. Yeah, gotta put your biceps around the brains. Uh, that is... Uh... <laughs> uh... Yeah, I thought it was a good match. It was not my favorite G1 Finals. No. It wasn't even my favorite Kabushi G1 Final, honestly. Nope. Um, How could it be? Yeah. It was a solid match. You yeah. you hope for more, but you know, a lot of times the block finals are better than the final finals. So, yeah. yeah. I think especially during COVID, Bullet Club needed a huge boost in the booking. And from this tournament, Kenta's a number one contender because he pinned Naito. Evil's a number one contender, and he's going to be facing Naito next. Right. Jay, Jay White is going to have the opportunity to steal the title opportunities from Kota Ibushi. Bullet Club came out real good. Yeah, I think they have the most intercrossing storylines that are interesting. Yep. Um, yeah, and, you know, Okada, he, he never figured out the money clip. I just want to mention <laughs> Okada because he's their, he's their top guy and he's a once-in-a-generation talent. Um, and he is... I don't know if, I, if the thought occurred to me that maybe they're just having him not be as exciting as he usually is because yep. he, so he doesn't outshine Naito while Naito's the champion? I have no idea. Hang on, I'm trying to figure out the money clip. Yeah. Well, it goes... Okay, it goes around the back of your head. Okay. And then, and then another... Yeah, and then the arm goes up through. And then, you know, it's just... You make a pretzel with, with the arms. That's it's hard, it. Jer. <laughs> Ask all of his opponents. <laughs> it is it's difficult. I'll, <clears throat> and I got to give it to Osprey and to Shingo selling being passed out in that garbage. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like very clearly the hands are here. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm, I'm just going to take a nap. Yeah. It's fine. I'm also bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, you need a Bo Dallas or somebody to be able to sell a move that makes somebody pass out because they're bored. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. He had some really good matches, and I think it's 
fucking hilarious that his like sit down uh, pin, his like his roll up, the double leg uh, hold, like got more over than the <laughs> the money clip. But yep. hey, credit to him for trying. He's challenging himself, and God willing, we don't always rise to the challenges. That's true. And special shout-outs to special pins. Fucking Goto putting away Yano in the quickest time. That was amazing. Yeah, that was before <clears throat> you can even get into how... I don't think they were even able to mention that they were you know, co-holders of the six-man tags. Uh, yes. They didn't even mention it because they didn't have the time. They had 18 seconds. <clears throat> yeah, and it Yano is the type of wrestler... He's the type of persona that should always be surprised because it gives him more to react to. Mm-hmm. And... He had no time. Like this is one of those exceptions that proves the rule because he had no time to react. He just got clocked from the back of the head. Goto pinned him, and that's how you beat Yano. Yep. Oh, for sure. Um, but like you said, it it looped back in the finals, um, the night of the finals, I should say. The the six man holders, um, Yano Goto, or excuse me, yeah, Yano Goto and Yoshihashi got wrecked by Suzuki Goon. Is it Yoshihashi? I think it's Ishi. No, or okay. So one of those people is not in there. I, it's not Yano. It's Goto, Ishi, and Yoshihashi. It's not Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi's a six-man champion. I don't think so. It's his first title ever. Do not take this from him. <laughs> Hold on. I, I promise you, of everybody in that three-person team, I am a hundred percent sure that it's Yoshihashi. This is his first title. No, oh, you're right, you're right. I don't know why I thought Yano was. Maybe because he was just in those eight-man tag with everybody else and got beat up. Yeah, and he's the king of pro wrestling, so and he's got the title, or the trophy, so he doesn't need anything. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was confused. He has the, the title that he hasn't had a chance to defend yet, but God, when he does, it's going to be amazing. The, I, yeah, I'm not really clear on what the provisional title rules are. I don't know if he only... If it's, the way that I thought I understood it was that it's a tournament every year, and he just happens to be the 2020 king of pro wrestling. It's tournament every year, but he has to defend it, or, I mean, has to, quotation marks, defend it, and he, I believe, gets to pick the um, stipulations. Stipulation is everyone has to fight Mashtawada. Yeah. (laughs) I hope, if anyone in New Japan can make it fun, it's Yano. Yeah. It's it's basically a ripoff of one of DDT's titles. So. Works for me. Yeah, they can if they can make it a tenth as fun, and that's about the bar I would have set for New Japan being funny, <laughs> intentionally at least. Yeah, well, yeah, good G one tournament. Can't wait for the next one. I'm not gonna watch World Tag League. Uh, I will catch up on Stardom's tag title tournament uh, until then. That was what I was gonna note about the only title that didn't get any love in the tournament were the tag titles, Suzuki Goon. Yeah literally laid out the six-man title um, holders with Taichi and, and Zack Sabre, and no one mentioned anything about the tag title, so that, I think, tells you everything you need to know about the World Tag League. Well, I mean, it also just means that it's probably just the field's open. Um, I can imagine Juice and uh, Finlay going for them and winning the World Tag League and getting a title shot. I don't know. It's who who knows or cares. They don't really make us care about the tag titles. That's all I mean is that yeah. like if if there were new compelling team ups in tag league, they'd have to be really compelling because I love T Cozy. I hope they compete. But <clears throat> in terms of like new or unexpected duos, it it's hard to really think of people 
because New Japan does do a good, almost Vince Russo job of making sure everyone's got something to do. Yeah. So, and that's a small enough roster. I like it's hard to pick. Um, yeah. Like show and partner in the heavyweight division that you wouldn't expect. Show and Khan. I mean, no, no. They. I thought. I don't know why I keep thinking of it because they were in the same match together. I yeah. Think they were. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting because, like, World Tag League is also usually packed with, like, guys who are just signed for that one month. Yep. And that's probably not an option. Okay. Here's why I'll, here's what I'll watch. If it's Osprey and Okan versus Okada and Yoshihashi, because I feel like Okada would just, like, pick up Yoshihashi and be like, you got all this momentum from those <laughs> two wins. Let's keep it going. Hell yeah. <laughs> you beat Yano. <laughs> Hey, they could run a storyline where Yoshihashi goes like undefeated until Wrestle Kingdom. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if, everything in wrestling is just presentation, man. Yeah. So if they made him a world beating winner, I'd buy it. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll see what Wrestle Kingdom brings us. Uh, another two night thing. I got to take those days off anyway, uh, just nice. to be able to be sane and watch it live at the same time. Uh, nope. So the other thing we wanted to talk about this week. AEW has had a TV show for a whole year. Woo! Yeah, good for them. We saw them on their second episode uh, we did. live, and now uh, there are no shows <laughs> related. I don't know, but I'm not saying no. <laughs> we didn't do it. I'm saying no. <laughs> we didn't do Corona, Jerry. I don't know that. Why are you inviting that? Wait a second. Why did you introduce that so coolly? One knows where Why are you intimating it was us? Because it could have been. You don't know that. <laughs> By going to wrestling at the Aganis Arena? Yeah, it's a big arena. But not too big. I'm just saying, there's a lot of answers. To just say, why are you inviting federal suspicion? <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of answers, very few questions, and you got to match them up. <laughs> what? This feels like, uh, for anybody who watched Beyond Belief in the fucking 90s, this feels like the worst version. Where instead of just showing you like the cinematic of like w the dramatic retelling, they just start with what happened. <laughs> it's like now we're going to show you what we think would have been cool if you watched it. Yeah. So was <laughs> AW... <laughs> so was AEW cool if you watched it? <laughs> Are you pressuring them now? <laughs> if they if they say no, is there going to be more coronavirus? I'm not. I, I you know, listen. I don't get anything out of AEW's like financially, so no one. <laughs> I'm just asking if it was cool if you watched it. It's uh, like walking I, into a room and be like, "I know I didn't fart." <laughs> anyone else? <laughs> okay, Jerkins kicked back from AEW too. <laughs> it's a good company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to a billboard now. No, I uh, no, but honestly, AEW yep. had their first year. They had their big anniversary show. I missed it because I was I've been busy. But like as like we yep. talked about, but like um, it was a stacked uh, show. And I think like we could talk about their overall year uh, ups and downs. And I mean, obviously, 
no one would have expected a you know worldwide pandemic to fucking decimate their roster, especially yep. their women's roster. Um, but on the other hand, maybe that's just an excuse they made. <laughs> Uh, they made it happen. So they can be an excuse when they didn't do anything with their women's roster. I like I I keep getting thrown by these curveball hypotheticals because it keeps implying that we did the virus. <laughs> and now you're just saying like well, maybe they shouldn't have been so mean to the women's booking. Maybe then no, we wouldn't I'm have No, I'm saying that they did the virus this time. Okay. <laughs> but the other time it was us. <laughs> I forget that it goes in waves that you can just walk back like that. No, when we did it, it was curable. Yeah. Oh. That was October. This is the other October, a year later. Yep. So, yeah, we did shitty coronavirus, which didn't catch on, except in very specific ways. And then the real bad one they did. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> This is like when Brodus Clay thought up the Hall of Pain and then they put it on Mark Henry. And he was like, no, I did the Hall of Pain. And was like, yeah, Brodus, the real Hall of Pain's Mark Henry's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People buy it more when it's Mark Henry. Oh, don't buy the coronavirus. Anyway. Yes, I agree with that. So... Beers, yes. They're, <laughs> they're innocent victims. I don't even drink. They're just innocent victims in all of this. Yep. So Jared gets kicked back from AEW and Corona Beers. <laughs> Who would have thought? I don't drink. <laughs> yeah. It's just liquid gold, baby. Speaking of gold, um, I did catch the anniversary show. They had four title defenses, I want to say. It's worth catching up on. I won't tell you any of what happens. But yeah. um, the week prior was 30 Years of Jericho. Yes, I saw most of that episode. Yeah. And what I really love about AEW and what I loved about that night specifically was that when they are able to cross over and have mainstream people like musicians, actors, and so on, they don't make a huge fucking Titanic deal out of it. They just do it. Yeah. So Slash and Lars Ulrich, these like very eighties musicians that you would expect Chris Jericho to be friends with Gene Simmons do like their 10 ticket bits, but also they know how to AEW does call back on like the stars of yesteryear. Like DDP's message to Jericho was just very straightforward and genuine. Yeah, you didn't get like three segments of hype saying what's DDP thinking about Jericho. It's just like no, this is what he thinks. I think those are all cameos. Yeah, like <laughs> they just crop the cameo videos, which is fine. You yep. know, I I liked. Um, I did like that they tried to make it a big deal. They did a great job concerning they can't really pull back into Jericho's you know past. Uh, you know, with video clips and everything, and, but they made it feel like a big celebration, a big deal, which it is. For yep. their first champion and probably still their biggest star. Yep. And yeah, good job. They did a good job with that. There's, they're very good with presentation and you know, uh, I building up to like their segments and advertising their show. Yeah. Yeah, the flows of their show are excellent. But just what I latched onto with what you were just saying about Jericho being their biggest star. So in terms of star power, here here's the AW roster one year later. Still, Jericho on top. Mm-hmm. You could argue either Moxley or Cody after that. I think they're very similar. Yeah. Kenny Omega based on reputation. And then everybody else. Yeah. Um, that to me is, I think, the biggest reason why they're still gaining momentum and not consistently blowing NXT out of the water. Yeah. Because they got this bevy of people like Lance Archer, who I sentimentally love, but get why he's not a main guy. Right. 
Um, Brian Cage, same thing. Excellent body guy, but just can't speak for shit on the mic. Um, <clears throat> Miro, who just popped up as the best man. Yep. And he just he's capable of catching fire, but he's not heated up yet. Yeah. And still, weirdly, the Young Bucks, who just don't seem to be interested in having a great angle. Like, yeah. they had the <clears throat> best tag team match, arguably, in history this year against Omega and Page, and it was to serve Omega and Page, which is great of them to do. But whenever they pop up as tag teams, I'm just like, you guys are just going to lose, though. Yeah, it, it really... I don't know. With the Bucks, I'm fine with it because I think like that's time that they're not using is time that they're putting towards other tag teams. Yep. Like I think they have. You're right that it's probably not great that their top stars are still mostly WWE guys. Yeah. Um, but they have a really robust like uh, you know mid card. In terms of like just talent, and I think that's they've done a good job of maintaining that and fostering it. And it's like that kind of thing just takes time. Like you're not yeah. going to overtake Chris Jericho in terms of reputation in a year. Um, so the best you can hope for is Jericho being in these feuds with MJF and Orange Cassidy and yeah. elevating them so that they're like at a B plus level. So that they're just like they just need like the right feud to get to that A level which I think is going to come soon enough for both of them. Yeah. I think that in a year or two, we're going to have AEW's first breakout star. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I'm hoping it's Miro because Rusev day didn't happen by accident. That was just him doing his job really well and showing up. Yeah. Um, there's always rumors that people like big people from the WWE could jump. I would love if AJ Styles jumped. Yeah. Um, I don't think any other members of the shield are going to leave, but what I was thinking about as far as just in, in either any divisions that AEW has, Becky Lynch had been around for five years before she caught fire. Mm-hmm. And five years in the sense of being on WWE's main roster, she was the first SmackDown Women's Champion, and then it took a long time for her turn at SummerSlam to make her go nuclear. Yep. So I don't think AEW's been around long enough to have somebody like, if she were still healthy, Chris Statlander, build up enough of a reputation and a groundswell of emotion for people to pop on. Yeah. So I think they'll need more time to really have their first homegrown star. I think of everybody they have, I want it to be Miro. I think it's going to be Darby Allen. I think Darby. Yeah. He's the guy who since day two has been set up as like the big deal. Yep. Um, I think he and Sammy are going to be like a top level feud for, yes. you know, down the line. God, if they stay healthy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Darby, especially. Yeah. So yeah, and Sammy seems like yeah, content to take these big bumps, but they're like, you know, crash pad spots. Yeah, and part of me says that because thankfully he doesn't. He reminds me of Sasha Banks, and like part of that has to do with the weird Twitter stuff. But like, he has a similar frame. He's very wiry. He has like meteoris type type moves. He takes a lot of shit on his knees, mm-hmm. and like you say, he he's happy to take big safe spots, but. Like I always worry when big guys work with smaller ones. Like Darby Allen, they kayfabe made him just disappear after Brian Cage and him fought a bunch. Right. Yeah. I hope they do the same thing and just take care of their guys like John Silver or Sammy Guevara. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I think like in terms of like building stars, they they're on a good path. It's not yeah. like it would have been a lightning in the bottle situation if they had like found somebody who's like amazing in the first year. I mean, they found Will Hobbs, and he's yes. like yeah. 
he's the closest thing to so far somebody just coming out of the woodwork and no one seen coming because he just had great matches all of a sudden. Um, I'm hoping the same happens with Alan Angels. I've been liking his stuff on Dark, and now I think he's 10 or 11 in the Dark Order. Yeah. So there's guys like that who are just going to get time in, like, stables to kind of hone stuff and then bust out. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, that's good. That's, uh, yeah, I think um, they're finding their way, and it's nice to see. Yeah. It's been a good year. Um, I, I wish that the commentary team would change a little bit. I get a little bit annoyed. Sometimes it's funny when JR's cranky. Yeah, because it's like past his bedtime. Yeah, but uh, other times it's like, dude, why are you here? If you're gonna just be like, I don't know who's the legal man. They're not tagging in and out enough. And it's yeah. like, I, dude, come on, like you're you gotta put sell this for me. I agree, and but honestly, I think that it would be a different dynamic if it were just Tony and Excalibur. I think that Tony Schiavone adds a lot of adds a lot of earnest wrangling to Jr. Right, but I think about him in that. I don't think it was on the week before, but it might have been. Did you see the segment with Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker? Yeah. Tony's good on his own. He's not great. Right. So you need somebody great like JR adjacent, and then Tony's great. I don't think JR's great at all now. I think he makes Tony great. Mm. I don't think that Tony on his own is great. I think he's just good. And I think Excalibur is very good at what he does, but he speaks in the vernacular of a completely genera- different generation of wrestling fans. Yeah. I and agree. I think that's the core that tune into AEW because they love the style of the Bucks and Cody and Omega. And Excalibur speaks to them. It's the PWG faithful. Yeah. But you need Tony Schiavone at least to be a bridge to like yesteryear who actually is very knowledgeable and passionate about like WCW and NWA wrestling. And Jim Ross fills the blank by presence. Yeah. I don't know. I just, he doesn't do anything for me anymore. Nah. It's kind of like, you know, I like whenever I tune into Dark, it's like uh, Tony and Beta Scott. I like that team better. Yes. Beta um, Scott is great. Yeah. They're doing good stuff over there. And maybe someday JR will retire when he, you know, feels like it. I don't know. There's yeah. also the times when JR says shit that's like absurdly horny on camera <laughs> or racist. And it's like, wow. That's uh, concerning. We yeah. need to, someone just pre tape him. I mean, you know, interview segments where he can, you know, you can edit out him calling him calling Amy Sakura a China man or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a defense for that. It's yeah. just more of it's. And you'd think they do more editing on the pre-tapes. Like dark yeah. is a lot of just bits with Tony and Taz fucking up or, yeah. or Excalibur and Taz fucking up. And like that becomes part of the show, which I like, I think that's earnest, but I think JR on any other in, in any other spot's not going to care entirely and just do bad work on purpose. Probably, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I think announcing's like a hit or miss thing for them, but you know, like their music, like there yeah. isn't a. It's amazing to me. It's a year later. They don't have a single signature theme. They don't have one song that like I would download to my phone. Yeah, I know. I feel like every time I hear Kenny Omega's theme, I'm hearing a different song. They, he chops it up a bunch, and yeah. that's on purpose. Like, he hated how it sounded the first time he wrestled, and he just, like, made it a point in an interview to be like, I didn't like my cues. I didn't like this part of the song. It's like, buddy, are they really only one paying attention? Yeah. Um, and I've listened to that song itself on its own a few times. The music video is unintentionally very funny. Yeah. Um, it's very much that dude in his Canadian apartment with, like, Funko Pops around him playing air mm-hmm. guitar. 
<laughs> it's very odd and very okay music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, who's got the best theme in AEW, you think? Um, Moxley. I, okay. I think his immediately gets you... Um, it gets you into what his mode is. Moxley has become a very specific wrestler. I feel like he was way more dynamic when AEW first started. Now he's settled into a groove. Yeah. So when you hear his music, you get ready for his style of main event. Um, I don't think... It, like Cody overacts like fucking crazy. And I want Cody to have less theatrics than more. Yeah. And his theme is ridiculous. I like, think it's the one that gets stuck in my head the most. So it would have been my pick. It's memorable, but... I, Downstate's also so bad live. Like they got, they showed up to play live once at AEW, and they were so bad. I don't think I they'll ever show up again. I remember that. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, um, it didn't even sound like the same song. No, they're bad. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the Bucks, like their music, but oh, yeah. everyone else has just just got like a very generic theme. Yeah, everyone kind of is in this like mid-tempo butt rock kind of thing. Except Miro, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm yes. the best. I'm the best man. I'm the best man. <laughs> Did you know what he was? Because he's the best man. Yeah. Well, you know, he can't. He can't. He goes to WWE, man. He knows the value of having this the catchphrase. It's true. All six lines of it. Oh God! You you should watch the latest episode just for him. He has a promo about someone breaking his joystick, and he doesn't like it. I saw um the first match of that show. Yeah. Um, Yes, I, I don't often watch it live because Alyssa can't really get into AEW. She likes stardom, whatever, better. But cool. like, um, so I I usually want to catching up on AEW on weekends. But we did watch the first match of that uh, show, and I did see some of the you know the arcade cabinet game broken. And you know what? He's justified. It's about time someone <laughs> took out these wrestlers with their lack of respect for eight bit property. It's very strange as a 30-year wrestling fan to have gotten old enough to remember Sega Genesis and how mostly in arcade cabinets, they're retro cabinets. So grown men stronger than me who will be able to do this for much longer than I ever will are fighting each other in a male soap opera over video games. It's finally happening, <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about it. I feel good. do 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 and that's Jer's AEW theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just me doing the James Brown parts, but with my mouth, just like he wrote them and transcribed them to his band. Just like he etched them on stone when he came down from Mount Sinai. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Now that's the chicken dance. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, still more memorable than any... Female AEW theme. <laughs> yeah, and the funny... Well, Emmy... Like, not Emmy Sakura's. Um, Britt Baker's is okay. It's just repetitive. Yeah. Um, I hate Swole's. And, the, like, yeah. Swole's makes me mad because I want to, like, small, yeah. Swole more. Yeah, I love Swole, but I don't really dig her entrance or her music. She puts everything into it. Nothing to yeah. take away from her. It's just... There's certain gear and entrance music in video packages that make somebody seem like a big deal, and it just feels like that one holds her back. Yeah. Same with Chris Statlander's. It's just weird alien noises. Yeah. It's like she leaned into the alien gimmick way more when we first saw her in Beyond Wrestling, like, a couple uh, years ago. Telekinesis. I, know. I miss it. That, like, 
as time went on, even like before she jumped to AEW, even when like beyond, she kind of just became like a, a good wrestler. Yep. Uh, and now it's just like uh, now we're down to a boop, and that's about apparently that's what aliens do. Um, <laughs> all of those yeah. fears about butts, uh, not founded. We're not clapping alien cheeks, not in 2020. <laughs> not since that Kanye Katy Perry song. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone will remember that music video. <laughs> Slow motion cheek clapping. <laughs> End of that. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens saw it and were like, oh, that's what they think of us? Not anymore. We gotta change. See, from where I'm sitting, like you closed a window and I saw the light go out on your shirt, so I thought you were just like, that's the end of that fucking segment. <laughs> Had enough of this alien clapping. No, I'll never have enough of alien clapping. <laughs> Neverty everty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's been a year of AEW. I'm excited to see what they do with more broadcast time because that yeah. continues to be the rumor that they're going to have a separate show. So I'm curious what they do with it. Um, I mean, it's more than a rumor because they did announce it. It's just like, COVID hit like a week later, so yeah, whatever's going to happen. It's weird because I think last time I saw, uh, saw an interview with Cody and he said that it was quote-unquote not going to be a third hour of Dynamite, but it's going to be like a separate hour on like, and like his words, uh, a Warner Media Network, so who knows where it's going to turn up. They have a lot of channels. Uh, yeah. God, if, if only they would just do a consistent crossover with Robot Chicken and just be an animated channel. Oh my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> I would, it would be amazing. Uh, the promos would be great. They, it, I mean, that's effectively Celebrity Deathmatch, uh, but without celebrities. But I'm into it. I'm very into it. Um, I'm pretty into AEW. I think like, they're still like, what, like fourth or fifth on my like rotation of wrestling shows, mm. but they're probably top in North America that I really like. So, I mean, in G one season, that's it's impressive to keep any kind of status. But mm. what I'll what I'll chime in on is that like I don't watch NXT weekly anymore, and I used to, and all of that had to do with the two hour time jump, um, and the fact that like they're all over the fucking place with like Finn Balor's hurt, Kyle O'Reilly's hurt, Keith Lee's yeah. on Raw. So there's a bunch of crazy shit happening for like logistical things on NXT, but AEW's been pretty consistent and also like their roster's been pretty healthy. Yeah, they've kept healthy. I think they they may have signed too many people, arguably, just because like I don't know, they're trying to do eleven matches a week on dark, whatever. But like <laughs> it's that's the one thing that concerns me that they can it's they got a lot of people and putting a lot of effort into WWE people who maybe because of the, like being in WWE forgot how to propel their own storylines. So you get like Nero just showing up and be like, I'm the best man. Feel like me. And then with no follow up on it until like a week later or something like that. I don't know. Slow burn, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that they continue to improve. I, I think the fairest commentary on that is <clears throat> in terms of focusing on WWE people signing too many FTR. We don't care now. Yeah, They were so hot before they signed. And the question was, where are they going to end up? Or who are they going to face? And then they signed with AEW. They immediately diverted away from the Bucks, which was weird. Yeah. And they still have. So yeah. what makes it, dif- what makes it cha- 
I'm trying to get away from words like difficult and challenging because I feel like they're too general, but like what makes it something different to try to get excited for with AEW is that their pay-per-view schedule is so isn't monthly. Yeah. And it's barely quarterly because it's not always an even amount of time from one pay-per-view to the other. That's true too. So when you have people like FTR and like you're saying, they're in the WWE ecosystem and you're used to seeing them and their feuds come to a head monthly and they don't, you just have like the 20 minute, um, I figure what they call it like gut check challenge against these teams we don't really have a sense of when to expect that they're going to lose the titles next. So we're just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. There's, they're like a specifically egregious like example of elevating someone because they've been on TV before and then not really having um, much to back up with that, you know, like some, some like Brody Lee found his way eventually. Yes. Took time, but I think I, I buy his character now. I like it. Um, I think you're going to get there. But. I like that they tried to saddle Brody with being Vince McMahon as like a parody, and he was like, "No, I'm just a fucking ass kicker." And they were like, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's right." Yeah, <laughs> they did that for like two weeks, and then it was they got their jollies out, and now he's just like a you know stone cold killer, and he wears suits. It looks good. It's unique. Um, I wish he hadn't gotten his title shot against Moxley so soon, but I thought his uh, TNT title reign was very good. Um, hopefully FTR figures it out, but it is really weird that like it's they're the the company with the tag team like focus, and they're not giving us the dream match. And then the other kind of dream match that they gave us was hampered because of Matt Hardy like exploding his brain yeah. half an hour before. Yep. Yeah, I. AEW's had a lot of really big successes. I think was it called Revolution back in February? Um, Yes. Yeah. I think that was the best show of the year. I think that uh, COVID obviously had a lot to do with stymieing a lot of momentum and changing plans, but All Out was the last one, and it had matches like Jericho versus Orange Cassidy and the Mimosa hot tub cool thing, which creatively, AEW does gimmick matches better than anybody else right now. That's a good point, yeah. But gimmick matches don't necessarily lead to higher ratings and more revenue. So... It, it becomes almost this Jim Cornette-esque knock of, well, they're not sticking to enough of the fundamentals and old-school sensibilities and respecting kayfabe. And part of that's true. Not all of it. But they take so many interesting risks with like Cody's character mm. that you almost get whiplash trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. And at the top is Moxley with literally still no foil. Yeah, that's um, that's concerning. That's a problem because he's just kind of floating through different challengers and there's no one I guess I'll believe that someone beat him is able to beat him once they beat him. Yeah. But as like as it is, it's like everyone who floats in his vicinity is like, ah, they're just gonna get fucking crushed by, you know, Moxley this time, this like pay per view, this uh this halfway point between pay per views, whatever it is. Sentimentally I want Eddie Kingston to be the one who beats him <sighs> because yeah. Kingston works so he's worked so hard in wrestling to get where he is. And he has this really it's it's so completely different from everybody else and what everyone else is doing in AEW with the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade and himself. Yeah. They look like nobody else because then it doesn't look like they belong together. And then Kingston just gets on the mic and makes everything make sense. Yeah. He's incredible. Uh, yeah. I, I, Moxley's a, an amazing promo, but I think that like Kingston's got like he's a guy who, who could carry the 
the show on just promos alone. Yep. And I would love to see him like at the top level. I don't know if they'll they'll do that, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I feel like Kenny's probably gonna be the one to take the title off Moxley, but. What the fuck is that dude waiting for? Like, I'm, I'm legitimately pissed off at how much lack of Kenny Omega it feels like there's been in AEW. Like, this dude went from winning the G1 to becoming the first Canadian-born IWGP mm-hmm. heavyweight champion. The best belt machine. All of those accolades earned. Where the fuck is Kenny Omega? Yep. He is. He's been laying low. Fully in love with tag team wrestling. It's weird. Um, like, I understand not wanting to blow your load like immediately and like wanting to have him in your back pocket. It's like, let's say ratings are terrible. Yep. Like after they say they debut, it's, it's October, 2019 ratings are fucking terrible. Uh, everything's going badly for them. Fucking Jericho lost an arm in a guitar accident. And then like, it's like, yeah, then you need Kenny Omega Thank God we waited instead of making big headlines immediately. Yep. Uh, but now we're a year out, and he's... I feel like he's had, like, the number of singles matches I can imagine. It, I could think he's had is, you know, I can count on probably one hand. Including that super <laughs> weird, super violent... Um, <laughs> George Nella one? Yeah! <laughs> went, like, 45 minutes and threw, like, a dozen chairs. Yeah. <laughs> that made me physically uncomfortable. I was like, why are this even happening? Why are you doing this? That was, it was pre-dark. It was oh. pre-dark, post-dynamite. Uh, for those who um, joined our show, did, were listening to a WrestleDown when we were doing it then, uh, we went to the second AEW Dynamite episode, and uh, after the show ended, the broadcast show, they had some uh, matches that they... They didn't specifically say they were going to put on YouTube. Uh, and Joey Janela and Kenny Omega had a match that, like Dennis said, stupid violent, uh, stupid unnecessarily violent, like on ladders, going through tables, chairs. Like, ugh, I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. I hope that like this tournament that they're doing is the start of him turning heel and probably beating Moxley. Yeah, I I think that him splitting away from Paige is a good sign that that's either where we're going or more mm-hmm. likely to be where we're going. And it it couldn't happen soon enough because I appreciate Kenny Omega one half of him and Paige. I appreciate the assumed time behind the scenes. He's been doing the work to try to be liaison to the international talent from Japan or wherever else who, who would need him as a contact. Yeah. And booking the women's division, whatever effort went into that. I want to see Kenny Omega, the singles wrestler. It's been a year. Give yeah. me. Yes, yeah. There's It's the downside of having so many tag teams, too, because there are a lot of them that are like Pentagon, same way. I want more of him and Phoenix, you know, yep. getting some more showcases, but they're like the second or third most important people in their faction. If... <clears throat> This is what I'll be grateful for in terms of like the legacy of Lucha Underground is that if we never see Pentagon become world champion again, we saw the best version of him then. True. And that lives forever in Lucha. I I think that his time has probably passed, which hurts to say as a fan. Yeah. But Phoenix hasn't had his time yet, so that'll be cool. Yeah, I hope so. He and Omega had the last Kenny Omega match or Kenny Omega singles match that I really loved. Um, but it was in AAA instead of AEW again. Fucking weird. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, 
we can wrap it up now. Like AEW uh, year one, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up and say, you know what, they've been doing a good job. Um, yeah, got a lot of stuff that's like potentially great, and you just wish that they would push it to a little further, like a, yep. get closer to that potential. I agree. I think that they're very much like TNA was back in 2002 to 2005. They have a ton of potential, loads of talent, but they don't have the main event program that sells you on them yet. Yeah. So hopefully they find it. Um, But what I just dropped in the chat was my recommendation for the week. All right. It's from Legacy of RKO. It is, uh, (laughs) it just says Dragon Dragon. I'll share my screen and play it. Please do. All right. You see it? Yes, full screen that ish, please. Need a dragon. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, for our listeners, is that beautiful voice? Oh, I, I, can't, I don't have the sound on. That's Eddie K. Oh, you got to restart it. Please, please, please. Yeah. Because as fun as this is, it's made by the commentary of Eddie, Eddie Kingston. I don't know if uh, played sounds like this gets saved via Zoom, but I. <laughs> this is I'll, Dragon. I'll verify that it is Eddie Kingston doing commentary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Wait for wait. This is the best part. Okay, I was gonna say like save it for. God, I love Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Tremendous. <laughs> oh. God damn. All right. Uh, my recommendation is take a fucking nap. Uh, <laughs> we just got through the <laughs> And all of the episodes of Wrestle Down, you have honored the sanctity of recommending something to watch. It's, we've just finish the G1 and a full year of AEW. Uh, I'm going to take a nap, and tomorrow I'm going to start binging uh, whatever has already happened for Stardom's Goddess of Tag League. Next week we're going to talk about women and uh, women's wrestling, uh, and hope you guys tune into that. Uh, thank you for listening up to the Wrestle Down. I'm Jared Palapal, Twitter.com swingdingling. At DBurno42 on Instagram, at uh, Sensei Denny B on Denny B on Twitter, twitch.tv forward slash 2MB Studios. Catch the toast. It's the MB, but two of them. Uh, <laughs> Too much bread. Have a good night, everybody, if you're listening to this at night. <laughs> Take a fucking nap. <laughs>